0: Like I said, this is part five of the Numa series, and uh, next week uh, we're going to have what we call a gym essential, and it's uh, something that we do in between series, and uh, it's all about what, what it means to be a disciple, and we got to part three of that next week, so come back for next week for that. It's going to be a, a good time. We're going to learn about telling our story and uh, about to tell other people about Jesus Christ, so it's going to be a, a good week, but uh, anybody know what this is? A flashlight, well done. You know, actually, in the UK, I'm from the UK, if you didn't know, and uh, uh, in the UK, we call these things torches, and uh, just uh, when I first came over here, I had to learn the lingo. So uh, I remember a quite, on a, quite a few occasions, I would ask someone, do you have a torch? And they would just look at me like, what? Like, why would I have a torch? They're like, why do you need a torch? I'm like, oh, I need to see. And they're like, well, what a flashlight do? I'm like, that's what I mean, a flashlight. They're like, oh, okay. But anyway, so this is a flashlight. And, uh, and what is a flashlight supposed to do? Like the darkness, well done. Well, it's supposed to, like, make you see in the darkness. So, now if I switch this light on, what is supposed to happen? It's supposed to light. And nothing is happening at all why why is nothing happening why do you think nothing's coming on at all no batteries okay so these are the batteries for the flashlight and what 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 do these batteries do just by themselves nothing nothing what happens if you like start to play with these batteries by themselves they'll leak acid absolutely they'll leak acid that's what they'll do. And so we do not want them to leak acid. So what you have to do is you have to put the batteries, which represent power into the flashlight. And then you put the batteries in, you switch it on. And suddenly we've got a flashlight. We've got lights. Woohoo. Well done. And, and so what a flashlight is there. Basically to extinguish the darkness. Now what if I went outside today and put this flashlight on? Do you think the flashlight would be effective? No. But if we switched all the lights off in this place and it was pitch black and it does get pretty dark in here when all the lights are off. Then would the flashlight be effective? Yes. Okay. Well done. Go to the top of the class, everybody. You are good. But, you know, this flashlight is a great example of the church of Jesus Christ. The purpose of the church of Jesus Christ is to be a light in a dark world. And the purpose of the light is to extinguish the darkness. But yet, the light or the flashlight cannot work unless there is Power in order to power the light. You know, and I feel throughout the centuries and and even today, there are many Christ followers who are trying to show people the light, the light of Jesus, the light of the world, but they are trying to lead them in the light, but there is no power. And so they're trying to lead them in darkness and they have no idea where they are leading. There are many issues in the church today that you see that that people are just arguing over. They don't know the truth of different things because it's like the blind leading the blind. There's no power. But also, there are many churches out there... And the whole purpose of the church is to be a light. And this is what they've done. They've taken the power out of the flashlight. They put the flashlight down. And it's almost like they start licking the batteries. And they start taking the acid out. It's like a bunch of Christians on a bunch of acid. And so you have two different types. You have people who are trying to use a light with no power. And then you have people trying to use the power. But they don't want to use the power with the flashlight. And so you have this big mess that happens. But the flashlight is only effective when it comes together with the power. And then you have a light that can shine and a light that can distinguish, extinguish the darkness. And the same is true for the church of Jesus Christ. We are only effective when the mission of the church and the Holy Spirit, which is our power, comes together. Jesus told his disciples, he said, he said, told them this, he says, go and wait in Jerusalem after I've descend- after I'm going to go away, which means after he ascended to heaven. And he says, wait there for the power. Wait there for the power. He says, wait for the Holy Spirit Because he said this in Acts chapter uh, 1 verse 4, he says, When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. Meaning, you will now be able to do what you have been designed to do. You now are able to be a light in this dark world and you are now going to be able to extinguish the darkness to reach a lost world with the message and the hope of Jesus Christ. But if you try to do it without any power, nobody's going to see you because you're not going to be a light that shines. And so throughout the last four weeks, prior four weeks, throughout this series, we've discussed About who the Holy Spirit is. What the role of the Holy Spirit is. And that is to help us. That's to give unto us. And that is to reveal that he is God. Just as Jesus is God and God the Father is God. The Holy Spirit is God three in one. We've discovered his personality. And he's like the perfect guy. He's strong but he's sensitive as well. We've discovered that there is a baptism Uh, Meaning there is an immersion or an infilling that happens after we give our lives to Jesus. Where the Holy Spirit empowers us. And that empowerment comes in the the nature of certain unique gifts and abilities uh, that we talked about last week. That helps the church function as it has been designed to function. But as we finish this series today. I want us to take one final look at what happens to a church that is full of the Holy Spirit. What happens to a church that is full of the Holy Spirit? What would happen to Generation Church if we are full of the Holy Spirit? So in Acts chapter 1, and we're going to look at Acts today. So if you want to turn your Bibles to, to Acts, and the where you get to, to Acts, if you get Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then you get to Acts. And in Acts 1, we are told that after Jesus ascended to heaven that the disciples and the other believers around them, there was probably about 120 of them altogether. Remember at one time, there were thousands upon thousands who were following Jesus. You know, they were seeing his miracles. But after Jesus' death and his resurrection, and after he ascended to heaven, there was probably about 120 left altogether. And so... What we see is after Jesus had left and ascended to heaven, that these other believers, they gathered together daily, and the Bible says they were united in prayer. Meaning that they came together and they started praying, and they were praying the same prayers. It wasn't like somebody was sitting there, it was like, God, give me a million dollars. And then someone else said, God, give me a boat. And the next one was like, God, just let my baby sleep at night. And then the next one was like, God, give me a, you know, a, like, a nice steak or something like that. You know, it wasn't people praying all these different prayers. They said they were united in prayer, meaning they had the same prayer and they were praying for the same things. And one of the most important Prerequisites of receiving the Holy Spirit is unity in prayer. I'll say that again. One of the most important prerequisites of receiving the Holy Spirit is unity in prayer. If we are not united as a church in prayer, the Holy Spirit will not come. Many people think, well, when the Holy Spirit comes, we will be united. And that is not right. When the Holy Spirit comes, the church is already united. If a church is, is disunited, dysfunctional, the Holy Spirit will not come. But when the church gets together and we put all our, our, our own, uh, our own uh, things aside that we want, when we come together and we are united together, suddenly the Holy Spirit comes and this is exactly what happened in the book of Acts And especially in Acts chapter 2. So look at this. Look at this what happens. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. It says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like uh, like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And it says, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So basically what we've got here, we've got this group of people, uh, about 120 of them all together. They've come and they've gathered together to pray. And it's a special day in Jerusalem. Uh, And it's called the Day of Pentecost. And what the Day of Pentecost was, it was a festival. There was actually Festivals in uh, in the in the the Jewish calendar and uh, three main festivals. There was like uh, um, there was uh, Passover was another one, and then there was this Pentecost. And what Pentecost was, it was a festival that celebrated when God gave the law of Israel to Moses. Remember when Moses went up to the uh, up in the mountain and you've seen the movies and like God like comes and throws fire and then he's got these two like stones and they're called the Ten Commandments. And while Moses was like up there for like 40 days and God gave him this law uh, in order to live by. And so every year they had this celebration called Pentecost to celebrate God giving the law to Moses. And what would happen is Jews from all over the world who had been spread out would come to Jerusalem and they would come for this festival. So there were people, they, they were from all different languages, all different nations speaking different languages here and there, and they were all in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was packed at the time. There was no better time for God to do something amazing than right there. And this is what happened. So the amazing thing happened. It was almost like an out-of-body experience for these guys. They went into the streets. People, Some people thought they were drunk. Others were amazed. But the result of that day when God came and he filled them with the Holy Spirit, the result was this, that suddenly... Their flashlights started getting power. And they started to shine a light in Jerusalem. And that day, the Bible tells us that over 3,000 people came to faith in Jesus Christ because suddenly there was power in the flashlight. Suddenly, God had moved upon these people. The Holy Spirit had come upon them. They had never experienced anything like it before. They started speaking in languages that others around them could understand. And they were talking about the glories of God, the amazing things of God. Then Peter comes out and he starts telling them about the incredible message of Jesus Christ. And 3,000 people that day came to faith In Jesus Christ. And then following that day, we see an amazing thing happening. From that point on, there was no stopping them. And it was all because now this little church of 120 people were full of the Holy Spirit. And this is what happens to a church that is full of the Holy Spirit. The first thing that happens to a church that is full of the Holy Spirit is a church that is filled with devotion. It's a church that is filled with devotion. This little church suddenly became a big mega church, but yet they were all filled with devotion. Look at this, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. It says this, all the believers, this was after all these amazing things happened, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, which is like community, they got together, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And it says this, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship, their church, those who were being saved. These new people, these are new believers, suddenly when the Holy Spirit came, they were overcome with devotion to God. They were overcome with devotion to God. Before this, this is what happened. They had followed Jesus. And many of you here today, you are followers of Jesus, meaning that you are in alignment with what Jesus says. You are a believer of Jesus. You, 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 you believe in the things that Jesus said and you follow those things. And they, these people, they were followers of Jesus. But suddenly, the Holy Spirit comes and He gives them power. And now they're no longer just Jesus followers, but now they are experiencing The words of Jesus being fulfilled through them. And there is a difference between just following Jesus and experiencing Jesus. Following Jesus and experiencing the power of Jesus. And we see what happens is they suddenly started getting more devoted to God's word. Instead of just going through, you know, a little devotional each day, or they could just quote, like, the odd scripture here and there, or, you know, they knew a few stories, a few parables, you know, that that they knew that, you know, Moses split the Red Sea once, and that was about it, or that there was a guy called Noah, and they knew about David killing Goliath, you know, instead of just that. The Bible says they started to devote themselves to the teaching of the apostles who were teaching from the Word of God. They started to devote themselves more to the Word of God and they saw it as a guide for their life as actually the words of God speaking to them. The Bible says that these new believers started to devote themselves to community with each other. It wasn't just that they said hi on a Sunday morning. They worshiped God together and then they said bye. And then next Sunday they did the same thing. They started to do life together. They started to realize that they had these things in common and they started to share meals with each other. They started to to do the things that, that friends do and they became friendly. The Bible says... That they devoted themselves to eating together. I kind of like that, right? You know, I'm... I enjoy eating, so in eating together. But every time they they ate, they they remembered God's death in something called communion or the Lord's Supper. The Bible says that they devoted themselves to more prayer. They devoted themselves not just to being consumers and helping to meet my needs, but they devoted themselves to meeting other people's needs as well. They became devoted to the temple. That was a place where they could gather and worship God together. A church that is full of the Holy Spirit is not a lukewarm church. It's not a come and go church. In fact, a church that is full of the Holy Spirit is not a church that is just a come and fulfill my obligation church. It's not just come and do a religious ritual on a Sunday morning church. A church that is full of the Holy Spirit is not just a fill the void in my life kind of church. In fact, a church that is full of the Holy Spirit is a place, it is a gathering where people get serious and they devote themselves to the purposes of God. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes and fills a church. But also, when the Holy Spirit comes and fills the church, that church is filled with power and it's filled with awe. It's filled with power and it's filled with awe. Look, look what happens. And, and it kind of amazes me, just some of the stories in the Bible. But in Acts chapter 3, verse 1, it says this. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock Prayer service. I must admit, that's like a bad time for a prayer service. You know, three o'clock in the afternoon. I don't know about you, but you know, you're at work. You're like getting sleepy and stuff. Who thought about doing a prayer service at three in the afternoon? Anyway, they went. They were devoted. That's why. So they went to the prayer service at three o'clock. It says, as they approached the temple, a man who was lame from birth was being carried in. So this guy who was a cripple, he'd never been able to walk. He was being carried into the temple. And the reason he was being carried in, it says, because each day, this man was put beside the temple gate, the entrance. A gate called Beautiful, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. So it would be like putting a guy right down on the front entrance downstairs. You know, just on his bed, never been able to walk. And as you guys come in, he's like begging. And you know, when you come into church, you feel... You know, well, I suppose I better help him out. I mean, he was like smart, you know, begging at the temple. But he had never been able to walk in his life. And it says this. It says in verse 3, When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Then Peter and John looked at him intently. They didn't just go by and was like, oh, whatever, you know. He's another guy begging. They looked at him intently. And it says, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. So he's thinking, great, it's a good payday. These guys, are gonna, these guys feel sorry for me. They're going to give me some money. And Peter says this, I don't have any silver or gold for you. I bet you the guy was like, oh my word. What are you going to do? You're going to want to buy me a meal or something like that, you know, like we do with homeless people. And he's thinking, there's no money. Peter says, I don't have any silver and gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. And he says this, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood to his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God when they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. So that's one thing that happened, right? I mean, a miracle happened. We're thinking, wow, God moved that day. A miracle happened. But that, for us, that would be like the exception. It wouldn't be the rule, right? You don't see that every day in church. You don't see people being healed like that every day in church. Well, not this church. In Acts chapter 5, And verse 12, it says, the apostles, the disciples of Jesus, were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. It says, but no one dared join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. So the other Jews, they didn't want to join them. They were kind of scared. It says, but yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. Crowds of both men and women. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought into the streets on beds and mats. Listen to this. So that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits. And it says this, and they were all healed. They were all healed. So Peter started walking around and the sun was shining. His shadow, he didn't even have to touch people, pray for people. His shadow would fall on people and they would be healed. I mean, that's pretty amazing. And this was a regular occurrence in this church. You know why? This church suddenly had power. This church had power. You know, last week we talked about the special abilities and the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. And at the time that these incredible events started to happen, the disciples started to speak in different languages of the people visiting Jerusalem. The people were amazed that these people who would never learned their language now could speak their language. Then the regular occurrences of miracles and different signs and wonders started to happen. It was like the power that Jesus had when he walked on this earth suddenly was transferred to these disciples. And you know what Jesus told them one time? He says, I'm going to go. But you, when he looked at his disciples, but you are going to do things more wonderful, more powerful than anything I've done. Jesus never walked in a shadow, and his shadow laid on someone, and they were healed. but Peter did Jesus transferred his power into these disciples' lives because they were full of the Holy Spirit. They had the power like Jesus had the power. It's not like they were magicians. It wasn't like it was just this weird spooky thing, like they, they were just they were special. It was because the power and the, of the Holy Spirit had come upon them. And now they could do what Jesus had said they could do. In fact, they received so much power. Or they saw so many incredible things that they were in awe themselves. You know, the power that they received wasn't just enough to lead people who were in darkness to light. But it was enough to meet the need of the hurting of the hungry and the sick. And you know, Jesus says once said, He says, you know, that, Healthy people don't need a doctor. He said, but sick people do. He says, I haven't come to the righteous. I've come to the unrighteous. Not the people who think they need God, but the people who don't, or the people who think they're okay with God, but the people who know they're not okay with God. And what happened was in the short space of time, it was like the church had become a hospital for the spiritually sick and the physically sick. Because there was power and awe in this church. Not only that, but a church that's full of the Holy Spirit is a church that's filled with boldness. It's a church that's filled with boldness. In Acts chapter 4, we see this thing happen where Peter and John get arrested. And they get arrested and, and, uh, and, and then all the church started getting fearful because there was, they, were, they were arrested because they were preaching Jesus. And so they, they were getting fearful and so they got together and they prayed for Peter and John and then Peter and John got released. And then as Peter and John came back to, to where they were gathered to pray and this is what they prayed. And look here in, in Acts chapter 4 and uh, verse 29. This is what they prayed. They said, And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants. Great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were filled once again with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. So this prayer service happened And the Holy Spirit comes and immerses themselves on them again and they receive boldness. Before this, before they received the Holy Spirit, they were like scaredy cats. They were were scared to to do what God wanted them to do. At one point, they denied Jesus. Another time, they hid on the day that Jesus died. One time, they, they feared that Jesus was a ghost and so they all got scared. Others were too afraid to tell people about Jesus once He had left them. But from this moment on, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, there was no stopping them. They were not afraid. They stood before kings. They stood before princes without fear. They went to unknown places, and they did not fear. They were beaten. They were murdered. They left their comfort zones. They, they went through shipwrecks. They met wild animals. Some were even bitten by snakes. They were laughed at. They were chased out of cities. They were imprisoned, but they still did not. Because a church that is full of the Holy Spirit is a church that is bold, and it's bold to do what God has called them to do. And then finally, this morning, a church that is full of the Holy Spirit is a church that fulfills their part of the mission. It's a church that fills their part of the mission. This church was so devoted. It was so powerful. It was so bold that they were able to complete what Jesus predicted that they were supposed to do. These one-time fishermen, these average men from an average city, in the space and the span of their lifetime, they turned the world upside down. They changed the spiritual, political, and social temperature of the known world. Our world is like it is today because this 120 people decided to get together and pray. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and then they, they went out and fulfilled their part of the mission. A church that is full of the Holy Spirit is an unstoppable church. And we live in a time when this world is lost in darkness. However, the darker it becomes, the brighter the light shines. The darker it becomes, the brighter the light shines. And it's time for us as a church, as Generation Church, to put the power, this power, back in our flashlights. So that we become the shining light that Christ has died for us so that we can show this community that there is a light that shines so that this community this state this nation can come back to God out of darkness into light And we can't go out on our own just with our flashlights with nothing in it. But we need power and it's power from on high. And that is why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we've talked about the Holy Spirit for the last five weeks. Because we need power in order to shine our lights to this community. That is why we won't reject the Holy Spirit in this church. That's why we will welcome the Holy Spirit in this church. That's why even though we don't understand everything about the Holy Spirit, we will accept the Holy Spirit. For Jesus says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And it's power to fulfill what God has called us to do. And that is to reach a dark world out there. With the very light of Jesus. Let's bow our heads in prayer.